Hello, everybody, and welcome to another session of Think Human. Um, this month, we are focused on how do we get high-performing next-generation SDR teams up and running? What, what is it we need to do? Um, and we've got a great couple of panelists for you who are um, doing this day in and day out. Um, before we start, I have got some housekeeping stuff that I um, just want to run through. Um, and then we'll, we'll we'll get the panelists in. So um, a couple of things to say, um, we see all the comments that you post. So do um, post your reactions, your thoughts, questions. As I'm sure most of you know, it's a bit soulless talking into a screen. So when we can hear and see what you're thinking, it really helps move the panel and energize us. Um, so, so please do that. Um, the next thing um, that I want you to do, um, obviously, probably not now, but maybe towards the end of the session or as, you, as you're going through it, is to give us some feedback. Um, every time we do these sessions, um, we act on the feedback that you give us. Um, and in this case, as with every other case, um, we make a donation to a charity for every completion that you make. And, and um, in this case, the charity, um, basically feeds it gives a breakfast to children who are living in food um, insecurity and it's obviously the most important meal of the day sets you up for the day um, and so really great if um, as many of you as possible can can complete that it will take no more than 60 seconds so um, and if you're anything like me you can you can do it faster so um, get going on that you'll see um, it posts in the comments throughout the session so you, you won't need to um, save it and then um the last thing is just to say a quick few words on radiate b2b who runs these chef sessions and obviously a bit on myself um i've spent way too long 20 years in sales and marketing now um basically helping um sales and marketing teams to deliver cutting edge techniques to, to really drive pipeline and close more deals um i set up radiate because I felt that the way we do sales and marketing today really is changing. Um, it's revolutionizing really, I think. Um, what we do at Radiate um, is we um, take multiple sets of intent data coming in, we process all that data, and we um, then feed it to sales development teams so they know exactly who they should speak to next. Um, you've all got CRM systems, I'm sure, full of people, right? Um, how do you know when one of those people who've said come back later um, now's the right time to pick up the phone. That's where we come in and help. And we make sure when you do pick up the phone to them, they know exactly who you are. Okay, um, enough about me and Radiate. Let's get the panelists on board. So first in is Becky. Well, that didn't work, there we go. And <laughs> Janie. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, so let's start with some introductions. Um, Becky, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Becky Davis. I'm a senior sales development manager at Punch Sales. Um, my, my background is kind of predominantly in consultative sales and account management, but I'm now working with a team of SDRs at Punch Sales. Um, my job is basically to develop the team members and create opportunities for, for the company, for Punch Sales, to make a real difference to our clients. That's me. Cool. Thank you, Becky. Jamie? Hi everyone. Uh, so I'm Jamie Benici, uh, SDR manager over at Winintemp, and basically we help companies measure and optimize their employee experience through Pulse surveys. 
Um, in terms of the SDR world, I've been in this world for a good few years, so I know a little bit, um, but I'm looking forward to this, uh, this conversation today. Great. Thanks, Jamie. I um, would say you both know quite a lot, otherwise you wouldn't be. Honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we will. Um, the, you'll all have seen it in the intros um, um, for this event, um, some of the stats that I talked about, the, the um, 15 and a half months um, typical time in an SDR role um, and three months to ramp. Um, and so that doesn't leave very long for you to really get going and, and actually deliver value. What are you guys seeing um, in the SDR teams that really sets your teams apart from, from others? Um, Jamie. Yeah, sure. Something? So um, I think uh, really SDRs that hold themselves accountable, uh, they tend to make the biggest difference. So, and, and leaders where they focus on structures, skill set, and the mindset of their SDRs generally have high performing teams. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, SDRs also that are working closely with multiple different departments and stay well informed tend to do better because there's a constant feedback loop. And uh, yeah, being tied into, into revenue also helps the SDR build stronger relationships with, with sales reps. I mean, one of the days of throwing mud at the wall and seeing if it sticks, it's really, you know, um, is the meeting with someone that aligns with the ICP? Are they a decision maker or a champion? Um, so that's what I'm seeing um, that really sets teams apart, SDR teams. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Becky? Yeah, much the same, really. I mean, I think speaking from from personal experience, what sets us apart a punch sales, I think, you know, against kind of more traditional sales teams is a very clear common goal. So the team do have their individual targets here. They have their individual commission targets and their KPIs. Um, and we monitor these, obviously. But we put the most emphasis, I think, on the overall team goal. Um, just as an example, we set kind of a collective target across all projects each month for what we want to achieve on, on each mm -hmm. target and we involve the team in that process very heavily um, and this way as jamie mentioned they can feel accountable to it and they feel closer to the target um, so yeah fostering a more kind of collaborative environment i think is is the way um the way to go in my opinion yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense it, you're right I, one of the things um around five things at a war really it really doesn't work the days of just hammering phones um, mindlessly and sending out lots and lots of emails doesn't work on its own anymore you have to combine don't you lots of different yeah, things absolutely. it's much more sophisticated um okay well we all know that um when it comes to bringing sdrs on board the the very first thing that you have to get right is the recruitment side of things so why don't we start there um what is it what do you do to get recruitment right for sdrs okay i think i mean you know there's always an element of risk obviously of course there is um but i think reading between the lines on cvs is, is really important that's one thing we try to do it mean it's really good to, it's really good to see like an abundance of relevant experience but i find looking the person as well as the potential employee kind of can, can really help um, give you a different angle, I guess. Um, yeah. For example, if they are part of a sports team, um, that's 
potentially going to give you a team player, someone who's used to um, healthy competition, someone who's used to working towards a shared target or a shared goal. Um, yeah. If someone's been traveling, um, it's it's likely they're, I mean, it's not a given, but it's likely they're good at connecting with people. And you know, there's a level of kind of bravery that comes with traveling where at times you'll be pushed out of your comfort zone. So things like that, as well as looking at their experience, you know, looking at kind of life experience as well as kind of um, work experience. Um, you know, we really, really value diversity uh, and we want to open the door to a career in sales for anyone who has the right attitude and, and the right mindset, no matter yeah. what their, their education or their experience. Um, we have we have five company values here at Punch Sales and they're all obviously front and center every day. However, the two that we really, really focus in on when we're recruiting are um, humble and tenacious. Um, and we feel the best ones to, to focus in on because Tenacious is going to give you that sales mindset, essentially, and humble is going to give you the team mindset. So those two together, I think we make we, we feel makes for a really good foundation for an effective SDR. Um, I think a comprehensive interview process is always helpful. I mean, ours is, is very friendly, but it is comprehensive. And we have um, a listening exam kind of where well, I say it's an exam. It's like a it's like a task, really, in the in the final yeah. stages um, where we can we can assess that ahead of making any formal decisions, because I think, you know, being an SDR, the two kind of foundation skills, in my opinion, are connecting with people and being able to like listen to people like properly listen to what they're, you know, hear what they're saying to you, essentially. So we, we assess for these things ahead of um, offering someone a position. Um, and then once we have um, offered to someone, they are they're brought in and, and a full onboarding schedule kind of starts immediately. That runs between one to two weeks. Um, they're assigned um, a buddy and an account associate, which I think is important to have those kind of um, points of contact for people because inevitably, you know, when you join a new company, you will you'll obviously know who your line manager is but you'll want to get stuck into the team straight away as well and um, so there that's kind of assigning you those um those friendly faces straight away also to ask questions that you might not want to speak to your manager about straight away um and just be kind of yeah a friendly face on calls and and, and uh, socials and stuff um yeah. you know our new recruits are kind of absorbed into the team very very quickly like our, our team are like a sponge and and they're each and every one of them can be relied upon to kind of settle in new recruits and, and help answer questions and, and be that point of contact so as I say, there's always an element of risk, but I think yeah. if you recruit based on company values and if you if you read between the lines on CVs um, and ensure that new hires have a ton of support when they start, I think you know we've seen a lot of a lot of success using that adopting that approach yeah. at Punch Sales. Yeah. Jamie, do you do you have anything to add around the recruitment side specifically? Yeah, uh, I, I guess um, you know echoing what what Becky said there, the the buddy system really works well. Um, and that's something that that I do with all my new hires. You know, it's just it's almost like a safe place for a new employee to just ask a question where they don't feel like they're going to get judged or anything like that. Because you've got to think, right, when an SDR starts a business or when anyone really starts a business, there's going to be that mindset of, oh, I can't ask that. That's a stupid question. Um, but really, on the recruitment side, I'm just going to take it back a little bit if I can. Um, so I think let's think about job specs, for example. Yeah. So many job specs now are talking about, uh, well, not now, historically, are talking about hunter, being a hunter, smashing targets, etc. It's too aggressive. And ultimately, what you're going to do is you're going to attract a certain set of people to come and join your company. And you're actually mm -hmm. going to put off maybe some introverted characters. Um, from from you know giving you uh, giving you the once over to to come and actually join you, um, 
I guess some top tips really uh, from my perspective is if you're a company that's looking to scale your SDR function, um, before you outsource the process, try and create like an internal referral program to bring in new talent. Yes, this can sometimes compromise on diversity, but you know, if you've got someone that's recommended, it's always, uh, it's always good to, to pay attention to them. Yeah. If we're thinking about diversity um, you know there are tons of agencies out there that you can use but one that I uh, have used and, and recommend is a company called Trainio um, so if you're not familiar what they've what they've done or what they do is they bring people in from lots of different diverse backgrounds and try and help them break into into tech and SaaS etc so they train these people up in their own time and then um, and then ultimately you know they're almost like fully ramped SDRs so they're ready to, you know, plug and play. Yeah. Um, in if there's an existing team, what I like to do, and I don't know if you do this at all, Becky, is um, is benchmark like top performing SDR reps on the softer skills. So like with a psychometric test, for example, um, and then that becomes the benchmark for the the hiring process. So what you're looking for in terms of, you know, um, attitude and aptitude, um, and also you know, like a level of intelligence there. Um, but yes, look, when it comes down to it, I'm a firm believer that uh, you, you do, depending on the criteria, you do hire for the skill, uh, for will, sorry, because yeah. skill you can train ultimately. So if someone's got this, if they've got the will and are able, fantastic, you know, um, think about them more long-term and how they can integrate into the team. How, how often do you, or if at all, either of you mm. look for skills versus and Becca, you talked a lot about um, reading between the lines, because right? most SDRs, I'm assuming, are, um, as Mark's um, suggested in, in, in the comments, are, are graduates. So they don't have any real work, usually no work sales, direct sales work experience. Um, What's the mix? Do you go out and look for experienced SDRs, or or, or is it is it always graduates and, and, and people new to to sales that you're hiring? What do you, how do you think about those things? We have a mix on our team, a real a real healthy mix. I mean, we do have um, you know when we put job job adverts out there, we have a lot of graduates that that come forward, but we do have um, an internal referral suite a scheme. Sorry, as Jamie mentioned. And so that does bring quite a few people through the doors as well um, who have, you know, have an experienced sales experience. Um, so yeah. really, there's no there's no kind of trend, I guess, within within our team. Okay. It, is, it is a good mix, good mix of people yeah. with different experience. Jamie? Yeah, I think it's um, I mean, look, for anyone listening, go out and try hire an experienced SDR. Some of the salaries that are going to be requested are well out of your budget. Um, I think if you've got if you've got someone that's you know like Becky mentioned earlier tenacious and they're sharp and you know they're they're clearly willing and able, look at them because ultimately what I'm seeing more and more companies do now is actually hire and I've done this myself but we've brought in interns for example so we've worked with some universities uh, this was in Sweden in particular yeah and then we created like an internship. Um, and ultimately, we've been very successful in, in bringing these interns in, um, onboarding them, and they're with us for about three months. So what happens after that point is it makes hiring slightly easier because mm -hmm. you've got almost like a warmed up candidate. 
Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, like what you said, 15 and a half months, Riaz, for uh, the average lifespan of an SDR. This has to change. And I, I, I do really think that um, by mixing up your hiring approach, you'll bring the right candidates in and they'll, you know, complement your your team. And also, um, you know, you're creating this wider talent pool for the for the business. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think it's time to to look at different different avenues of, of recruiting and not just hiring people because they've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. You made an interesting point about about great SDRs being, that are experienced being being very, very well paid. Um, and I think that that is so true is that is that the ones that are um, staying beyond that 15 and a half months average um, are very, very good at what they do, um, mm-hmm. I guess. So um, there's a question for that, I think Mark um, talked about, which was which was that a lot of SDRs are lacking career, um, clear career paths, which mm-hmm. which is why they um, there is a high attrition. What do you what's your take on, on that, um, Jamie? Yeah, so my take on that is that um, traditionally SDRs would come in to a business, they'd spend a good few months, maybe a year, and then they'd be pushed out to become a, a, an account executive. Yeah. That's so old school. I think now what you have to do when you're hiring is have to have a conversation, you know, um, don't ask where, where do you see yourself in five years time? Ask mm-hmm. someone, you know, where do you see yourself in 18 months time, a couple of years, for example? Yeah. Um, it's all based on the intentions of the SDR and not the forced route to like forced uh, career path that you're trying to put on them. So yeah. um, I think, yes, SDRs do do tend to leave when they can't think about growth and, and their personal development. And if you think about the, the generation of SDRs, someone else uh, mentioned this in the comments as well. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan said 90% of SDRs are under 30. If you think about um, the majority of hires that are coming in um, that we're seeing, um, they they just start. Most are starting out in their in their sales career, their sales journey, so they don't know where they want to go. Um, you know, I think have milestones, set milestones in place with your SDR. So six months, uh, nine months, twelve months, set them quarterly if you need to, but have a conversation, an honest conversation with the SDR, and just get them to speak rather than yeah. forcing something on them, hear them, listen to them, understand what they want to do, what their, their intentions are. Yeah. And I think at that stage, you can work with your SDR and create like a, a career, a career progression path Absolutely. Um, based on, based on, you know, where they want to go. And um, ultimately I think once you present this roadmap to an SDR, it's going to give them confidence that you are invested in their personal development mm-hmm. rather than, great, you've got this amount of SQLs, great, your SQLs generated this amount of revenue. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to have those conversations. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Becky, do you have, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I mean, just just kind of based on what um, Jamie said around creating that road that roadmap, I think that's really, really important. That's yeah. something that um, is needed, I guess. You know, when someone comes into a, um, a new role, obviously for the first six months or so, they're just getting used to that actual role, but then th- their mind will start to think about, do I want to stay here? Do I want to progress my career here? Is this where I can see myself staying? So yeah. something that um, that, w- that we do, that I know other companies do as well, is we have um, kind of a, an official document, I guess, it's called a journey document, where SDRs yeah. can see 
their journey um, throughout their, their time with punch sales. And, and obviously, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily have to stay within the sales team. It could, you can go to business development. There are, there are different avenues they can explore, but they do have a very mm-hmm. c- clear roadmap that they um, can physically see in front of them. It's a document we share with them as soon as they start, where they can see what their accountables are right now, what training they're expected to get right now, and what their salary expectation, what what their salary will be, the, the range between. And that goes down for like, I don't know, the next 10 roles or something, maybe maybe not that yeah. many, but there's quite a few roles. So they can see exactly where they where they can go. But we also encourage um, an open conversation, just communication about, like Jamie said, where do you want to go? This is obviously laid out for you. And if you if this is to you know to your liking and you like what you see here then we'll help you get there but if there's something else you want to explore if you want to you know go across to a different department if there's something else within you know we're obsessed with growth over at punch sales so we we want our company to con- consistently grow and yeah. if that means putting people who are passionate about specific areas into different seats then that's what we'll do so mm-hmm. i think it's a mix of both having a formal process yeah. and having a formal kind of guide for for people to be able to see and refer to but also just encouraging that open communication saying look we want to hear where you what you know what you're thinking and where you want to go and let's yeah. let's keep that conversation and, going and that's where the culture, yeah, and it can yeah be, and that's where the culture of the sales team comes in doesn't it of, of yeah on the flip on the flip side as well riaz and becky i yeah. think you know um why are sdrs leaving after 15 and a half months it's because it's what you know it's it's what they know it's what they think is normal right but um i think uh sales development leaders now should really focus on how can they retain that sdr within their team if that's what the sdr wants to do so whether you create like a belting system where you know there's like milestone progression goals for each sdr um you know that could be a way of actually retaining that person and preventing that burnout as well so let's just say Typically, if you do hire a new SDR, if you're lucky to have inbounds, great. Someone with no experience, have that person on inbounds, having those conversations with with prospects to to understand the lay of the land. But then once they've reached a milestone, well, train them up, coach them. If they if they love what they're doing, coach them to either go into like a fully outbound role or um, just analyze their relationship with marketing. I mean, they could potentially be the next campaign manager, for example. Um, But I do think that now what we'll see is that more SDR teams globally are trying to extend the lifespan of their of their SDRs and not just holding them back. Um, So it's a two way street. Yeah, I I, I do wonder if if the SDR role will change um, in terms of that longevity, because because whereas before it was a really difficult cold calling, cold emailing role that you just had to get tasks done day in, day out. And, and you you know, um, and it was a stepping stone. You sort of did that hard work, hard grind to get you to an AE. You know, you learn all the basic skills to, to then be able to get to an AE. And as Comal mentions, uh, you know, there's better commissions, better salaries um, when they do so as they take that step up. Um, but the SDR role is so much more sophisticated mm-hmm. now. It, there's a lot more to it. And so I wonder if it's less about that grunt work and now is the, there's a lot more to it and you can therefore build some real expertise um, in the role. It's early days. This is all relatively new, right? So um, mm-hmm. Jonathan mentioned training. I'm going to come back to that. We're definitely going to just talk a little bit about training. Um, in a sec, I just want to make sure I've not missed any other questions. Komal specifically does ask um, uh, around um, 
is it is it that it's just because the you know the short lifespans that they want better commission and basic salaries um is there is there other reasons becky i don't know i mean i think the way because we have quite a good um kind of attrition right here and, and the way that we do that i think is really embedding the company culture i think people mm -hmm. stay to be part of the company and you know we do we pay very fairly and we have a great commission structure and that's kind of i think you have to have that as your bread and butter if you're going to have a sales yeah. team on board but um yeah i can't really speak to that from personal experience too much because i find in my company specifically we um the company culture is so front and center that people yeah. people stay for that you know people don't okay. kind of often go off looking for, for for bigger salaries because we do pay fairly as well yeah that makes sense jamie i think it um you know sdrs they want variety um yeah. they're calling out screaming out for uh autonomy as well so um i think when you make when you create an environment where it feels like groundhog day for for an sdr i mean look you don't have to be an sdr you could be anyone and that will be enough to be like do you know what this yeah. is it i've had enough but yeah. i think once you start thinking about variety um and you know giving extra responsibilities to to sdrs as well they can grow and uh if you think about the generation that we have now people want growth they want the reward they want the recognition so like Conwell said you know surely it comes down to um wanting better commission and, and salaries yes that's yeah. always an element yeah. like let's not forget about everything that's going on in the world right now i mean you know the energy hikes etc people have bills to pay sure. and um you know the, the mindset should never be i go to work to live it's yeah. you know uh, i mean i live to go to work etc it's, it's the reversal isn't it and yeah, yeah variety is key for an sdr okay. uh, we could talk a lot more on the recruitment side i i think but uh um let's move on to what happens after you've you've brought somebody on board and, and that training and onboarding side there's, there's lots of parts to it and uh, the remainder of this session is really about all those different parts. Um, Alex actually sets us off quite well on that topic um, um, around how much time do you spend teaching SDRs, how to have human conversations, or do you encourage commercial insight-led communications? What do you find works best? What's your focus when it comes to, to that, uh, that starting off with SDRs? Um, Jamie. Um, I think, uh... You know, it's not how much time do you spend training an SDR. I think it's a it's a constant process. Um, but the key thing for any leader is not to overwhelm your SDR. You know, um, think about in phases. So, you know, have an SDR calling leads, then working on emails, then etc. Like different multi uh, multiple different channels. I think if you overwhelm them, they're going to get flustered very very quickly. Um, the other part of Alex's question was um, human conversation, or do you encourage commercial or insight-led communications? I think it's um, I think it's a mixed bag, really. I think um, having a constant feedback loop in your organisation will mm -hmm. help the SDR learn about uh, other things that are happening outside of their department. But um, you know, one of the one of the key things that I've done in the past is a lot of SDRs, I, I don't know if you've experienced this in the past, Becky, but sometimes there's a bit of a fear of just picking up the phone and making that call. Mm -hmm. So um, occasionally what you need to do is just think about the mindset of an SDR. Why are, they, why are they facing this fear? Is it because of rejection? Is it because they feel like they're going to mess up? The easiest, something that I've done in the past is 
given old MQL leads um, that haven't gone anywhere and got an SDR to just have a conversation with them. And if that conversation goes well, offering them like a, you know, like a five pound voucher or buying the pizza or something like that, just because it's about just having a conversation, you know, there's no yeah. goal for them. Um, so that's it really. I've gone about a, a bit of a roundabout way of answering that. <laughs> Maybe Becky might be able to provide a bit more insight. Well, I yeah, think, um, yeah, I think in terms of how much time spent on, spent on each, it is a mix. Like Jamie says, you know, training and coaching is is, con is constant and it's consistent. And, and weekly training with the same person obviously makes a big difference. We train based on um, previous week's results. Um, we don't hold hold them to them to, to a point, but they're obviously used as a bit of a guide. Um, but yeah, like you say, some people are just afraid to pick up the phone because it's it could be a new environment for them, something they've never done before. So giving them, um, I guess, kind of easy data to work through um, and just start those conversations and just kind of get used to the actual job and the role is a great way of doing that and just kind of settling them in, I guess. Um, also making sure that like processes are really simple so they can just they can once they're over that fear they can just kind of crack on with the job essentially so yeah i think it, it's it's a mix between the two human conversations usually you can you can get a sense of of how um personable someone is i guess through an interview um and that will give you a good standing in terms of are they able to kind of just talk to people with ease um you can train the commercial side of things um but i feel that we we don't want to get too bogged down in the commercial side of things as an S as SDRs and SDR leaders because mm -hmm. we're there to, to sell the meeting, right? Not the not the product or the service. Like we want to just yeah. pique the prospect's interest. We don't want the team to get bogged down with loads of info that's going to overwhelm them, as Jamie says. So yes. it's a mix of both. But personally, I think it's more important to to get them comfortable and to, and to coach them on just having conversations with people, not being intimidated by C suites or you know global marketing directors or something. Just speaking to people on a level and connecting with people and then yep. the commercial side can be trained and can and can come afterwards it's not a surprise that um mm. i agree wholeheartedly with you on that given the theme <laughs> of this session is called think human um yeah very much so it is it is all about those people to people conversations isn't it 100%. Um, um one of the things that you guys sort of touched on was was overwhelming sdrs um mm -hmm. And there's sort of two areas that um, I promise we could talk about, so we should talk about. Um, <laughs> one is the um, the data aspect, and the other is the tools um, side of things. What, from a data standpoint, there's obviously tons of data out there, um, not least our own platform in terms of intent data, right? So um, what are the pieces of data that you um, use that are, Let's start with the fundamentals, right? What, what are the databases you just can't do without today to drive um, SDR um, performance? Um, Jamie? Key thing for me would be uh, like Refract or, or Gong, call recording software where you can, okay. you know, basically have um, have that software in place to, to be able to, you know, conduct a scorecard and, and sit down with the SDR and, and talk about the, uh, the results there. That really helps. Um, but I think it's, um, you know, it's understanding the SDR's conversion rates as well. So um, just because an SDR's target may be, you know, 15 SQLs per month, well, another SDR might have to put a different amount of activity uh, to actually get there. So I think it's key to provide each SDR with their own 
sort of like stack rankings so that they know the level of activity that they need uh, to make specifically to yeah. get to that end target. And then they can re you can work with them to reverse engineer from there. Um, so yes, in addition to that, I would just say, um, of course, sequences, you know, you need to, you need to, if you're fortunate enough to use outreach or, or sales loft, um, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe HubSpot also has a built, built in sequence piece as well. But I think yeah. really before you automate anything, um, take a look at the manual steps. Yes, it's going to take a little bit longer at first, but once you understand your route to success, then automate it. Um, so always, you know, I think as SDR leaders, you're constantly measuring and optimizing. It, it never stops. You know, yeah. it never stops because the market changes all the time as well. And you need to keep up with that. So, yeah, that, that's my uh, my perspective on that. OK. And then from a from a when you when you are getting the SDR to um, get up and running in terms of the insight they need to do their job, um, what do you train them on from the data side? Is it is it is it? Is it things like knowing the product inside out? Is it is it going and researching company websites, annual reports? What else? What what are the what are those um, sides aspects of it with the with your new SDRs? It all comes down from uh, to the onboarding, really. I think um, okay. the first ninety days for any hire are the most crucial. Yeah. Um, so I think. You know, it's key to, yes, you've got all the data and all the other stuff, but it's really key to embed an SDR or try and integrate them into the uh, existing company culture. Um, but then everything should really uh, stem from your from your ICP and your personas as well. Okay. So I think this would um, this would sort of improve the, the efficiency because let's just say uh, you've got an SDR, they pick up the phone, they get through to the right person. Um, what what do they say next? You know, do they, do they know them intimately? Do they know yeah. what keeps them up at night? Do they know their challenges? Do they know how they get budget, etc.? So I think spending a good time, a, a good amount of time on your on the onboarding, um, teaching SDRs about the ICP uh, and your personas is uh, that you target is is really key. But equally on the flip side, um, you also want to train SDRs on why you win and lose business. Mm -hmm. So they've got those impact statements, those value statements, and they may be like industry or vertical specific. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, those case studies will really help. And I think it really helps your SDRs position their or, or articulate their, their messaging a lot better to, to prospects. So I think, okay. yeah, time should be that spent there. Yeah. Becky, do you have a perspective? Yeah, I mean, much the same as what Jamie said. I think um, having a a good idea of kind of the objections you're going to face is, is a good way to um, yeah. introduce um, introduce SDRs into new projects so they feel comfortable with that. I know a lot of companies, and we do as well, create like a cool track, a cool script, which um, yeah. effectively gives gives them everything they need. It's kind of like a bible for them whilst they're on the call, and that'll give yeah. them the verticals that we're you know we're going after. That'll give them the um, the ICP, ideal job roles objection handling, um, obviously yeah. information about the product and service as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, a blend of that is obviously important. I think I think it is, it's, I think part of the skill of being an SDR is to give enough, but not too much on the phone. You know, you 
want to just pique their interest. Mm -hmm. You want to, um, you want there to be worthwhile sending a meeting across to the client. Um, but in terms of kind of data, data to do with clients, we, we have an in-house data team, which is really effective for us. So they take away a lot of the pain when it comes to searching for ICPs and, um, you know, actually finding and gathering that data online. Like, they're yes. um, like the engine really of, of the sales team as it were um, yes. they help streamline ICPs for clients they help to um, widen they make suggestions and advise on widening ICPs for clients um, yes. most importantly they keep us safe from a GDPR perspective and um, they do a million other things which I'm not going to pretend to um, understand <laughs> but essentially when it comes to my team they they put kind of good quality data that's detailed and relevant um, yes. into our CRM and so we can just focus on outreach um, and then in terms of the, the SDRs using this data, we can then go in and we can kind of granulize it. So we've got it all there. We can now go and split it off into to vert by vertical or by country, by region, time zone even, because we work with companies around the world, um, job role, any filter essentially that's going to help SDRs focus in when they're reaching out to people. And um, that kind of part of our onboarding is that we show people how to use the CRM, how to really make the most of it. I know it sounds cliche, but you, you've got to, you've got to, it's the bread and butter, isn't it? You've got to learn how to use your CRM effectively. So we show them how to, how we advise them on how we would kind of, you know, break the data down, but then they have the skills in order to do that themselves. So they can, you know, there's, there's a level of, of autonomy, I guess, when they're, when they're working through the CRM as well. Yeah, no, makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Jordan's got a question around um, qualification methodologies. There's, there's obviously a lot of them out there do you subscribe to i'm guessing you subscribe to more than one but but which are the ones that you you subscribe to whether it's bounds or medic or whatever other ones that you think you, you know of we have a blend i mean but to be honest with you we have just a really open and honest conversation with the client about what information they want us to get so i mean there's always some of them are going to, they're going to come into the conversation obviously because they're the standard questions that you would expect but we yeah. don't really subscribe to anyone in particular okay. we like to make it quite um organic i think um and yeah, uh, yeah a bit more holistic from from what the clients kind of request yeah, yeah it's more much more around the conversation and building the relationship Absolutely. yeah jamie yeah for me it's um i mean look ban medic they're they're all they're all good things um but really it like becky said it is having that conversation you know having that conversation will get will pull out some key information for you so um we actually follow like gap setting for example so the current situation versus the strategic direction um you know once you've got the the answers there then it presents you with the gap in between and that's an area in which you as a sdr can create value um, and allow the account executive to to build on that as well. So, um, I think I think that's one of the most simplest ways to to capture information. Yes, yeah. there's various ways of of um, asking it, but um, it comes out organically for a conversation, really, and okay. a little bit of research. You know, showing the prospect that you know them will help them open up a little bit more as well. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. One of the um, previous panelists that we had talked about um, context versus or rather um, personalization versus um, context and, mm -hmm. and in some ways you allude you, you touched on that Jamie just then when you're talking about the gap uh, methodologies well um, Jonathan talks about automating 
um, um, a little bit there in the comments. And, and um, you need that scale, don't you? But at the same time, um, you can't personalize, you can't automate and personalize down to the individual one. And so um, you want that relevance piece as well that gives you the ability to scale. Um, and, and I guess teaching that to the SDRs is also important. Um, before I move on to the next bunch of questions, um, I can see that marketing team have posted about the, um, the survey link. Um, so for those who've joined late, um, we'd appreciate you filling out the feedback survey. Um, every completion we donate a breakfast to help children living in food insecurity. It should only take about 60 seconds. So please do click on the link in the comments and do that. Um, also, we're taking comments as we go through, so do, um, don't wait till the end, get your comments in. I will pick them up or the, the panel will pick them up and, and if we don't get to them, we'll try and get to them at the end as well. Um, Becky, you touched on um, scripts, sales scripts. Um, yes. And um, obviously that's one way to really get an SDR up and running. How, how scripted are you? when it comes to those scripts? How do you approach um, um, creating those scripts and then um, training the SDR on how to use them? Yeah, so I think when we, when we first go into a new project or we first have a new a new hire coming into a project, we're pretty thorough and we're pretty, I mean, when I say script, they're not held to it. You know, it's, it's, it's a loose kind of template really. However, it's yeah. there as something for them to lean on more than anything. We, the, the project owners will create these call tracks and then we'll create a project overview which should have everything that we need as SDRs in order to do our job effectively. So yeah. they are comprehensive. However, we will always encourage the SDRs to amend it um, as long as they're keeping in the qualifying information and they're keeping in the important info that we need to get across. They yeah. can amend the script slightly. So it's 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 more them it's, and it, it allows for a more authentic conversation. Basically, we want them to be comfy with what they're saying. So. Yeah. To begin with, it is there and it is is structured, but it's flex it, it becomes flexible quite quickly. As soon as they as soon as they get comfortable with what they're talking about and as soon as they get comfortable on the phones, um, you know, it, it can become as flexible as, as quickly as they want it to be. So yeah. um yeah, they're not held to it, but it is it's there for them to lean on. Okay. Jamie? Yeah, I think um scripts are um scripts are okay for, for us specifically. Scripts are okay to get someone started, you know uh onboarding can be overwhelming um and i think if an sdr um you know gets on the phone call they can forget everything that they were going to say so um having that loose template like becky says does help but it should only be as a, a temporary aid in, in my opinion i think you know the sdr will understand their own uh get to you know understand their own rhythm their talk track their groove etc and that does take time but the scripts can um can actually help them uh help them get there a little bit quicker okay but we're not tight we're not tied to we're not tied to scripts but the way in which we get scripts as well is just um using the tools that we've got so analyzing calls um okay. you know and uh and seeing what works so maybe that an SDR will listen to uh, some account executive calls, for example, yeah. um, and hearing their tonality, um, not just what they're saying, but understanding how they're saying it and putting that into practice. Yeah. But it's a temporary thing until they find their own rhythm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you both talked um, 
in in the past with me around um, in terms of the messaging, um, selling the meeting, not the product. Um, do you want to just touch a little bit more on 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 the why of that, um, Becky? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's part of the skill really of being an SDR to um, to make that connection quickly, to give them enough to kind of pique their interest, to entice them into a meeting, but. It's not our job to it's not our job to sell the product or the service. We're just kind of connecting people. We're connecting our clients with their next prospective customer. So that that's kind of where the um, the selling the meeting and not the product comes from. You know, we we train our team on whatever project they're assigned to, they're assigned to, so they know about the product and they know about the service service and they know what needs it it can fulfill. Um, yeah. And they'll have ongoing support throughout. However, it's, it's easy, as I said, to get bogged down in, in knowing everything. Um, it's, and it can be really overwhelming, especially if you're coming into um, to a new role. You know, you've never been an SDR before. Like you don't know kind of the, the lay of the land. So that can be super overwhelming to think that you have to know everything about about this, uh, this company, this particular product. Um, you know, so realistically, you need to know what it can do, what it can help with. Um, yeah. You need to know why it's different to its competitors, potentially, answers to some main objections you're going to face, um, and then a few stats or existing customers to kind of help you close the meeting. Um, as I've said, once their, their interest is peaked, we we then pass them across to the client and, and they can go into to more depth around the product, actually sell it and, you know, talk through the sales cycle. Um, yeah. We're just there to connect, essentially. That makes sense. Jamie, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Um, I, I'm slightly different to Becky here so um, I don't get my SDRs to sell a meeting it's uh, I get them to talk about outcomes you know the values that uh, the value that a, a prospect will will receive for example um, I think yes there is an element of it but if the way that my team map it out is they've got business drivers requirements um, solution and then ultimately uh, concerns and if an SDR splits their page in across and has a box for each one, they will hover generally around each of those things. And once it's, I mean, of course, you know, the SDR conversation will be relatively high level, but it is to get the prospect excited about the thought of moving away from their existing challenge or, um, you know, being able to be more data driven, for example. Yeah. Um, that's how, that's how I, position that with uh with my team yeah it makes sense uh, I, i've obviously sat on many demos um over the years and, and uh um the last thing you really want is a training a training um session on the product really it's it's about those business values and those those important um value props that you, you both talked about um okay we have about 10 minutes left so if you have any questions do um um, pipe up now. Um, um, otherwise, you can always follow up with um, with us after the after the event. But, but now's your chance. Um, Omar's asking the question: How soon do you get your SDRs making cold calls? Uh, on, sorry, Becky. <laughs> no, it's all right. There is. Yeah, we. I mean, we we like to get them kind of properly settled into the role first. I mean, but it's it's quick. It's it, there's no point delaying the inevitable. They're going to be on the phones. They're going to be making cold calls. Um, yeah. I I try and not think of them as cold calls. I know it might be a little bit naive of me, but we do we use our data team in order to get data from people for people. Sorry, who we think will have a need for what we're trying to to sell or you know the the client 
people who want to be put in touch with the client. Um, so they're not necessarily cold calls, and this is how we like to position it. There's an element, they are, but they're warmer calls, so hopefully people will understand why we're phoning. Um, but in terms of how quickly, it's within the first couple of weeks um, is, is we look to get them on the phones. We don't expect them, there's obviously a ramp time, we don't expect them to be hitting their KPIs immediately, but they're on the phones pretty quickly, yeah. Jamie? Yeah, I, I agree with Becky, you know, there's no point delaying the, the inevitable. Um, our cold calling starts from day six, I believe, of our onboarding schedule, but it's not full on cold calling. What it is, it's right, here's a sample, make some cold calls, um, you know, I'll leave you some feedback, we'll talk through that feedback together. So it's gradual so that the SDR in their head, they're not thinking, okay, I'm just going to have to look about, I'm just going to have to, um, you know, focus on cold calling. This is it now. It's okay. I'm doing this to get training uh, and coaching. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's how we do things. Cool. Thank you. Um, we've had 10 responses yet so far to the survey. So please get the survey responded now. If, um, if you can, the links, are in the comments. Um, I get a nice little um, beep every single time one of you um, fills it out, and and you know you know those little adrenaline rushes you get. So you know, keep, <laughs> keep firing off those uh, those server responses. Um, in the last um, sort of five minutes before I get the panel to summarise, um, almost coming full circle really in terms of. Um, you've got the you've got the SDRs onboarded, but now of course the challenge is to retain them. And both of you talked extensively with me around um, culture and approach um, with your SDR teams. How do you um, how do you build strong communications with your SDR team so that so that um, you can keep them within the business for longer? Jamie, start with yourself. Yeah. For for me, this starts from day one, um, you know, having a like a temperature meeting with with each SDR where it's in a calendar once a week or once a fortnight, however you want to do it. Um, get to understand the SDR, you know, don't ask them anything about, OK, their performance, their numbers or what they've got on. Get yeah. to know them as a person. So how's the family, etc. Start the call like that. And during those 20 minutes, act as a resource for that person so that you un you understand how you'll be able to help them. Yeah. I think building relationships is really key to um, to help build a bit of loyalty as well. Um, you know how aggressive the market is out there right now. Um, and I think, you know, your conversations about performance all the time are gonna, they're gonna kill your SDR. Yeah. Just get to know them as a person. I think that's the most important thing. Okay. And also the other thing I'd say is um, be very clear with your intentions as well. Um, so set your expectations early, uh, welcome any questions, um, explain that there'll be a level of scrutiny and that there are consequences as well, positive or negative. I don't want that to sound all doom and gloom, but yeah. um, once you do this from the beginning, SDRs will understand what's expected of them and, uh, and, and, and you'll know how you can support them as well. Yeah, thank you. Becky? Yeah, completely agree. I mean, you, you have to set the pace, right? You have to make sure that they are aware of what their what the expect, expectations are from day one. Um, yeah. I think like visibility is key. It's really, really important for 
the team to know they have support and they have people around them. Um, and we have regular check-ins with the team. Um, we have kind of individual check-ins once a week. We also have kind of team catch-ups twice daily, I think. Um, some of them are work-related, some of them are not, and each are as important mm -hmm. as, as, the, as the other. Um, yeah. Completely agree with Jamie. You have to get they're people, right? You know, they're employees, but they're people you have to get, you know, you have to get to know your team. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, 100%, it fosters that loyalty as well. And, and embedding culture from, from day one is is massively important. Yeah, I think uh, as we all go through our careers, we, we, we learn how important a culture of a business is. And when you, when you find a good culture, it, um, you, you don't realize how important it is until you go to the company that has a really bad culture. Um, yeah. And then it's too late. Um, <laughs> Alex has asked a question, obviously, close to my heart, which is, have you ever used offsite intent data to help um, um, with selling your solution or getting meetings and, and how do you use it most effectively? Jamie? Um, so we've, uh, you know, we've, we're on G2 um, and G2's got this uh, intent data built into it. So what happens is um, that goes off to our demand gen team and they basically just flag it to us and you know we then use like zoom info or cognizant for example to enrich that data and start prospecting um that account um another good tool that i've used in the past especially if you're doing like abm is uh drift the on-site chat yeah so it will tell you when one of your target accounts for example is on the site and then you just have to try and understand who that person may be um ha can't say i've ever used radiate um but uh <laughs> one, day, Jamie, one day yeah what one day <laughs> one day i'm sure um but uh yeah i mean bombora as well the you know the common common culprits are yeah um yeah yeah are up there. We, we we bring in a whole load of those sorts of data so uh, from those feeds so um combine or becky do you have a view just quickly we've got five minutes left i want to get you to summarize as well so yeah, no worries. I mean, we use a, a mix of kind of like like Jamie said, the common cul culprits there, um, Zoom Info, Lead IQ, um, to kind of enhance and, and enrich the data, um, really. Yeah. But I'm not going to pretend to understand too much about data because we're we're fortunate to have um, a couple You've of data team doing the work. We you, have, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You just do you deal with the output. I do exactly. I know my place. Right, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, asked a question, which if I can get you to say one line. Um, or so one thing. So she's asked, tell me about your best SDRs. Or he's asked even, um, tell me about your best SDRs. Why was he or she so good and what made the difference? So just one thing from yourself to start with, Becky. Um, I think getting the levels of accountability is right. So they know their place within the, the cycle of what we're doing. Um, and I think being a team player, I know it's cliche to say, I know it is, but someone who wants to kind of see the rest of the team thrive as well. Um, yeah, I can is, yeah, yeah, I think um, just thinking to some of the people we have on our team. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a big one. Absolutely. Jamie? Yeah, for me, it's, um, it's because the person was uh, very coachable. And, you know, after the coaching session, they would always put it into practice as well. So they held themselves accountable as well. And I think that's why they were the best top performer, had resilience and, you know, they could, um, they made a lot of money. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you both. Um, so at the end of all these sessions, I, I always ask the panel to sum up what their 
key takeaways were from the from the session so um who wants to go first does that do, do you have a preference jamie i saw a nod there so so i, don't, I think that was a like shake of your head afterwards but i'll take the nod no that was like a becky becky save me um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead so for me i'd say in summary you know the the, the landscape that we're in at the moment it is changing like you said riaz will it change yes it will change um and i think as a as a leader you just need to be ahead you need to understand which way the market is shifting how um what's the what are sdrs like now what what's your future talent pool look like for the business how yeah. can you cater to them how can you how can you help them um and i think really it just comes down to um it's just having that structure in place as well i think we've both mentioned this becky but having structure definitely will uh, will help your team succeed great thank you jamie becky yeah not not too much more to add yeah having a structure in place having a clear kind of team kind of collective goal i think is is how the landscape is shifting slightly it's it's not i think in in previous teams sales teams i've been in it it has at times felt like people are kind of pushing each other down because it's so competitive. Yeah. The way I'm seeing things move is that people are, it sounds a bit cliche, but lifting each other up, it's a team kind of effort as yeah. opposed to an individual effort. Um, so I think that's kind of where things are going and it's it's much more sustainable um, in my opinion um, and will will allow for larger attrition rates, I think. Um, so yeah, we're putting focus on that certainly. Um, yeah, it'll definitely, it'll definitely retain more staff, won't it? And, and, and actually, it creates a much friendlier culture as well, and that, that actually invites you to want to stay and succeed. Exactly. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, both of you, um, and thank you to the thank audience you. as well. Thank you. Um, the recording will be um, live straight after this, for those of you that, that um, joined late. Um, it's not your last chance to fill out the survey. Um, for those of you listening to the recording, you can still click on that survey link on the right um and fill it out um and we will still donate um the breakfast to the charity or the, the amount to the charity so that they can buy the breakfast <laughs> for, uh, for children living in food insecurity so thank you